get ready for Mental Flock with Jeff and Bishop. Grab your snacks. It's about to get real. We all forgot to grab our snacks. We're fired. Oh, <laughs> I brought snacks, actually. <laughs> One of us was prepared. All right, everybody. This is the final episode of the Phoenix Rising season of Mental Flog. Don't get caught up on the word final. More on that later. So, I am Bishop. To my right is... Jeff. Right in front of me is... Ariel. And right across from me is... The one and only Iggy. So we are here to wrap things up in the season. Uh, we do have, I think, about 12 or so listener questions. we got a couple of things of our own we're going to throw into the mix, and we are excited to wrap this season up. This will be the 12th episode. We still have one bonus episode of AJ's. I still got to sit down and edit. It's just really long, and I haven't done it yet. <laughs> I was wondering what happened to that episode. It still exists. It's, it's back up, you know. Yeah. It's there. It'll happen. Eventually. So, as a reminder, we do have a podcast phone number that accepts text and voicemail. And that phone number is 435-538-9556. And we welcome any and all listener questions, feedback, and commentary. That being said, Jeff, have you pulled the final card for this season? Yes. Well, actually, from a listener request, I was asked to pull a three-card spread for... The general populace, or, you know, our listenership in general. So the first card that I would have pulled would be the King of Cups reversed. So I'm thinking about this being, like, the theme for our listeners in general. King of Cups reversed is going to be, like, a very heavy, oppressive, like, emotionally manipulative force that everybody has been up against. So, and then, next two cards that I pulled are both nines. And in numerology, nine, it's, it's the you know, last single-digit number, and that's saying we're not quite at the end yet, but nines usually represent the nearing the completion of a cycle. So the next card that I pulled would be nine of wands, which is somebody who's in a position where they're very guarded, very defensive. They're very much clinging on to what they, you know, what they have, but ultimately... The feeling that I get for the general population is take a look at what it is that you're clinging so fervently to right now. Ask yourself if this is really serving you or if there's things that you need to be letting go of. Because the next card that I pulled is going to be the Nine of Swords reversed. Now, Nine of Swords, usually that's like all of your worst nightmares are about to come true kind of a thing. Or like all of your fears, anxieties, things like that are starting to reach fruition. Now, turning that card upside down, this represents coming to the end of a cycle of we're starting to realize a little bit more like what it is that's real, what it is that's just our anxiety, like our, our intuition versus our trauma talking to us and being able to get that clarity and be able to see clearly and be able to move forward from here. So I think ultimately the theme that I'm seeing with this spread here is a story that I think all of us have gone through at some point or another, facing these very heavy emotionally manipulative forces and going through life never really like facing that trauma and just clinging fervently to the tools the coping mechanisms and the things that that have served us um 
but eventually having to get to, to a state in which we ask ourselves, okay, do we want to just get stuck in that same cycle over and over again? Just keep repeating the same thing that we always did or, or do we want to get the same result? And if we want to change that, then that requires that, you know, that nine of swords reverse. This is like that deep, dark shadow work that is the really like taking that inward dive and doing that introspective dirty work to be able to, to be able to sort out, okay, what is trauma response versus what is actually useful? What is like our intuition? What is, what is our our heart, our mind, our gut actually talking to us versus what, you know, what our pain is doing to us and being able to, being able to, to heal and finally move on. Pretty much saying that you have trauma and you have anxiety, you have anger, you have this issue, that issue, but now you're deep, going deep inside and saying, why, why is it there? Right? Yep, exactly. All right. Pretty powerful stuff right there. Love it. <laughs> so, without further ado, I think we are going to start off on some listener questions. Yay! <laughs> Ariel's always so upbeat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Motivational madness. That's me. <laughs> All right. This is question number one. What has been the biggest lesson each of you have learned during this whole process? Use my name and I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Ariel. Oh my gosh, the biggest lesson during this whole process of like the rise and or the fall and then the rise. I would have to say just like keep getting back up. <laughs> keep you can't be beat if you just keep getting back up. It, the the worst thing you can do, you know, is like staying down and just and never trying again because you got knocked down. I feel like it's okay to fall. It's okay. <laughs> You're good. It's fine. Roller derby really taught me that, right? Because I fell on my ass. I was fucked on. <laughs> and and you know, I just I kept getting back up, kept getting back up. And no matter how hard that wall was, I'm talking, you know, in roller derby and also in life, right? Because we hit these walls. Like, you've got to learn how to hit the wall harder than it's going to hit you. And that is what I did in roller derby, and people were afraid of me <laughs> because I would hit hard. And I think that that's, yeah, just keep getting back up. Don't allow failure or falling to keep you from trying again. It reminds me of uh, one of my favorite quotes from Rock the Rocky movies where Rocky is talking to his son, and he says, nobody hits harder than life. Yeah. You've got to get back up. No matter how many times you get knocked down, get back up again. Because nope. life is going to hit you hard. Nope. Nope. AJ, what's your answer to the question, sir? You know, I'm going to compare it to winning the lottery. Okay. Because when somebody wins the lottery, they have family that they didn't even know about. Um. Bringing up my fall, not everybody agreed. And all these people from my past come up and start questioning, well, why this and why that and why this and why that? It's happened. It's done. It's gone. We move forward. If you want to hold on to that, that's you. That's on you. I can't hold on to it anymore. I can't hold on to that anger. I can't hold on to that pain. 
you know, if you want to hold on to it, that's that's your burden to bear. Jeffafaw. Well, I'd say there's something throughout each episode that is a theme that keeps coming up repeatedly. And I would say that if you don't already know, if you haven't been listening, it is the whole nothing changes until you become sick of your own bullshit. Mm-hmm. So with this, I think there's a great deal of um, that accountability that each each one of us has to take a look at the situations that we're going through, especially like I forget where it was that I that I read it says like especially if you are taking a look at um, a situation where if the same thing has happened like three times in your life, you need to really take, be able to take a step back and say like what is the the one constant variable in all of this? If the same thing keeps happening then obviously it's because there's something that you're doing that's that's contributing to it not saying that you know that's it's right or just or anything like that but saying that there is something that you are doing that is causing these cycles to repeat and that cycle is not going to stop until you can take an honest look at yourself and become sick of your own bullshit and decide the rest of the world isn't going to change. Like, I, I'm going to have to change. And it's... There was a, a character on Saturday Night Live. Like, it was, like, Al Franken, who was senator for a while until there was some scandal that went down there. But he had this character who was this, like, overly new age, like, therapist. And, you know, was, did this whole thing of, like, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. But there was... <laughs> There, there was a quote that I heard from this character on one of these old Saturday Night Live episodes that I think, that I think is a you know, kind of rang, rang, rang true for me. It says, you know, it's easier to put on slippers than it is to try to carpet the entire world. Mm, I like that. Yes. So, and this also kind of goes back to, yes, like some of the old classic like literatures. I think it was. Um, like either Thomas Paine, Francis Bacon, one of these guys writing about like political theory and things like that, and um, made this famous quote, something to the effect of like, "Oh, those who are so small-minded that they go forth trying to change the entire world, changing yourself." Now that's the real work, and that would be sufficient in and of itself. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I actually got "I am the change" tattooed on my body. Or, you know, to help me remember that reason. Like, if I want to change the world, like, I have to change myself and my own perceptions of the world. And exactly that. why I got Believe in Yourself tattooed. Well, look at that. Me. Forearm tattoos. <laughs> because <laughs> nobody else is going to believe in you. You have to believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is pushing against you. You have to believe in yourself. So. B. I got a whole bunch of weird-ass forearm tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, I think one of the biggest lessons I've learned through this process for myself personally is twofold, which is boundaries and self-love. Yes. Yeah. Boundaries. Because yes. boundaries, man. I mean, like, you know, John Kim, for instance, as a therapist, has talked about he doesn't like that word, how can we limiting? And you can really enjoy somebody's work and their books and their stuff and not have to agree with everything. And, mm-hmm. man, not having really healthy boundaries, not having your own personal limits... 
it's really easy to get just rocked by the world and other people real quick. Yep. Yep. Got to have boundaries. I was talking with a client about that today and, you know, she was saying that she'd been setting boundaries, but that when she did that, other people were like thinking she was being passive aggressive, you know, and she was struggling. And I reminded her, like, when you're someone who's not used to setting boundaries, it can feel like aggression. Mm -hmm. And people who aren't used to you setting boundaries aren't going to like it when you start doing it to them. And that's why it is so important to stop caring about how other people feel about what you, about what you're doing. It is not your responsibility to, or uh, what did I say? It's not your, yeah, this is not your responsibility to care about like what other people think of you. You can't control that, but you can control what you think of you. And that is your responsibility. What other people think of me is none of my business. Right, exactly. exactly. None of our business. <laughs> Through all of your rise and falls, how do you feel your purpose has changed both internally and externally for yourselves and your roles with others? AJ. How has it changed for myself and for others? I feel like I'm more grounded now. I'm not so whack out, whacked out of my head. Everybody sees that what I've been through and they're amazed what I've been through. Some people hate it. Some people love it. Some people just don't agree with it, you know. But I'm more understanding of myself because I know where I've come from and I know where I'm going. And if you don't want to hold on for the ride, then jump off because I'm not going to see about you. In you got to see, see about yourself in. Jeff? You want oh. me to read that one again? It's It's kind of deep. So, yeah, like the how the difference between then and now. Say so there's actually been quite a difference because like before my tower fell, I would say that I was kind of an arrogant bastard, really. And I like, yeah, I, I had my kind of very like political phase and. I was reading a lot of Ayn Rand and that kind of stuff at the time, so I was very proud to be a selfish bastard. And it served me well for that time. And and But with that is, like, kind of realizing that as I was going throughout life, I was kind of alienating myself from other people. Like, I was putting myself, like, above everybody else, and... and Breaking people down for for their struggles and being open about their being open about their struggles or or allowing their struggles to be something that would like be be setting them back. It was you know very much that whole kind of kind of what we as men in society are raised with that whole like yeah put some dirt in it and walk it off kind of mentality. Mm -hmm. And and with this like you know like. When when you get married, like your your marriage should not be the testing ground on which you start to learn emotional intelligence. I was not an emotionally intelligent person, and I would say that I didn't really start learning emotional intelligence until my marriage started falling apart. And really, with that, I mean, throughout 
well, throughout my marriage, there was the whole, I mean, going back through the whole, like, Rise and Fall story, there's the whole, you know, all of us had our being raised in the LDS church thing and then trying to figure out, like, what it is that we believe and we decide that, you know, that's not, when we realize kind of all of the, the problems of the LDS church and so you go clear the other direction, you become, like, hardcore atheist. But then for some of us, there's that, that, that thing that a lot of people are going through right now where it's you went hard you were raised hard one way you swing hard the other way and then one day something just kind of smacks you in the face and kind of forces you to to wake up a little bit and 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 with that you you kind of realize that well i think um there's a youtube personality out there morgue he does a lot of like spiritual metaphysical stuff or whatnot and he did this thing that i think best explains like the the fa- the forces that that really that we're all really up against is it's really it's you know we're we're up against the pressures from organized religion that basically teach us to be codependent to begin with mm-hmm. and then from there we usually from organized religion we go into that of scientific materialism and this this tends to breed nihilism where it's just you know hey Everything is just ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Live it up while you're here because there's nothing when you're gone. You know, that kind of mentality. Just everything is just so cut and dry and leaving no room for, you know, the, the mystical, the, the magical, or even really much room for, like, the importance of things like empathy or whatnot in a, lot, in, in, in a large degree. So is that, and of course, well, capitalism, which... I mean, we can we can argue, you know, isms that you know that that's a different different topic for like a different podcast or whatnot. But as he would define it, um, it's ultimately that force that relegates everybody to have have to abandon their creative natures and relegates everybody to just be a number on the spreadsheet, focusing just on the daily grind and having to earn your sustenance. And getting stuck in just that mindset of just wake up, work, pay bills, go to sleep, do it again until you die. Mm-hmm. So once you start, you know, when, once you start to realize that you know there is more to that out there, and you can you can kind of elevate yourself a little bit above it. And for for a lot of us, in order to it, we have to fall in order to be able to start elevating ourselves. Mm-hmm. And with that, I, you know, taking, taking a look at, um, my story and like where I've, you know, where I've come, the things that I've learned, it's, I'd like to think that throughout my spiritual journey with all of that, that, um, that I, I've at least done something to help out a lot of people that with what I do, that I've helped give people perspective. I've helped help people turn things around, giving people like the courage to, to get up and, and make changes and and I guess with that, there's also you know kind of more recently I'm become learning to become a little bit more private as well, learning that not everybody deserves to have access to your energy. Not not everybody needs to know absolutely everything that's going on in your life and have have a window into absolutely everything that's going on in your life. So your and, life story doesn't need to go on Facebook and social media. It's got to stay with you because. Or we just, or we just put it on a podcast instead. <laughs> we just switch platforms. 
<laughs> no, but I, I, I think it, it was something that um, Ariel said once, I think, in one of our episodes, where it's just you you, you start to, to become more of a mindset where you become more conscientious, and you have to ask yourself, like, am I contributing more than I'm consuming? And I would like to think, ultimately, that that's kind of the theme of, of where I'm at now. I, w- I would like to think, like, I don't, you know, we said, like, it's not like a, you know, a straight shot. It's, you know, kind of kind of the end goal is getting to that state in which, like, I am a person who contributes more than I consume. Love it. Yes. yes. <sighs> you know what he said? Makes mine look lame. Oh, <laughs> no, it does not. I'm no, it does He just explains it better, but I, I understand where he's coming from. All right, so through my rise and falls, how do I feel my purposes change both internally and externally for myself and my roles with others? Before my fall, I was the party guy. I I did my stuff with Utah Chive. We did fundraisers, so I was doing good works, but I I consumed myself with that. When I went through the point where I was going to get divorced, my buddy JT sat me down. He's like, what do you like to do for fun? And I could come up with is I, I like to help people. I didn't have a strong sense of self. I lost myself in fulfilling the needs and wishes and wants of others. And I don't do that anymore. As Jeff was saying, I too have become more private. Like, that probably blows a lot of people's minds that we're sitting here talking about this dark and hard times and, like, the the shit we went through to get where we are today as being private. But in reality, I am private in most things. I'm selectively social about things. I don't find this scary for me because I feel like experiences like this need to be shared so that people who are going through it can find the strength and the knowledge that they will survive it. It's not the end of the world. Shit's going to suck for a while, but the choices you make can determine the outcome. Yeah. You're here. Um, and how, uh, sorry, it's a deep question. Externally, for yourselves and your roles with others. So, I mean, you know, internally, I, I am more private. Externally, I am more private. I used to be the guy who anybody could call who needed something and I would drop everything to do it. And now I'm still that guy, but for a very select few people because I was just spreading myself out too far. And as far as my purpose or my role with others, I, I don't bond with as many other people as I used to, but the connections I do make are deeper and stronger. I, I don't say I'm quick to judge, but I don't put up with bullshit. So the caliber of people that I have in my life now are higher than they used to be. It's awesome. All right, Ariel, you're up. <sighs> so can you read it just like outright to me one more time? Because yeah. I do want to hear that. Through all of your rise and falls, how do you feel your purpose has changed both internally and externally for yourselves and your roles with others? So... I would say that I'm also very similar in the sense of before my purpose was more self-serving, right? It was in what I was doing. It was always about, you know, me and like when even in relationships, like what can I get, you know, versus now I'm like, what can I give? 
And the one thing that I would say is a little different um, from uh, Bishop and Jeff is um, instead of becoming more private, I went way more public. <laughs> and instead of like, you know, suffer, because before I would suffer just in silence, in private. I would just be at home in my apartment drinking myself into a stupor, just unable to get out of bed every day, like wanting to do nothing, you know, and and now I am so public with my life on social media because I want to show people, I want to be like, hey, listen, I'm the example of what can happen when you decide to take radical fucking responsibility for your life and your own suffering and like make a change. And, and I've been there and I've done that and I've got certifications. <laughs> I'm a certified behavior change specialist. So do you need some help? Because I'm here, <laughs> you know? And so again, it's my business, right? And so that is why I think I went so public with it because I truly took my own my own fall and then made a business out of my rise and it's been fucking awesome and so very much lots of and lots of external shifts as well I mean from being extremely unhealthy not fueling my body with I mean or just fueling my body with like shit you know just eating drinking like shit all the time and now it's like I'm very you know I still I still enjoy drinking. I, you know, have not, but it's, I'm not driving. <laughs> so that's good. Um, and, you know, I, obviously, I mean, my business is fitness and behavioral change. And so I've had a lot of external shifts in um, just how, how I look. Um, but also, God, man, I feel so much better. <laughs> I feel so much better. It's amazing to wake up and live a life that, yeah, you'll have your ups and downs and your turmoil in, but a life that you can be proud of. You're not waking up hungover or strung out. You're probably still stressed out. But you're not hungover or stressed out. <laughs> Living a life wondering who you pissed off today. And tomorrow you just don't care. You know, that's, that's where I'm at. Mm -hmm. All right. So for our next question. Do any of you think you tried to self-reflect too deeply too soon and how did that impact your journey? Can you ever self-reflect into self-destruction if you're completely honest? I love this question. You want to go first? Yeah. Um, yes, I do think that you. there's a point where it's like too much self-reflection. too Like you're going down the rabbit hole too much. And actually, I experienced this when I was getting my behavior change specialist certification because it was really when I started like learning a lot about mindset work and everything. And I, so I started like psychoanalyzing myself and I was like, wait a second, hang on, hang on, hang on. You're fine. <laughs> it's going to be okay. You know? Um, but I think that so many people can get caught up in the healing, right. And trying to be like fully healed. You are never fully healed. Okay. There are always more layers there's always going to be like just just more layers. We're like onions <laughs> and ogres. You know, we have a lot of layers. And I mean, once you think I had this come up with me last year when I was dealing with the stuff with my dad, I thought I'd done a lot of healing work on that only to find that like more was coming up because now he was living in my guest bedroom. And I was like, shit, I thought I healed that. Nope, I didn't. So let's get back <laughs> to work, you know. But I think that it just, you got to, you have to, you can't only do like self-reflection. You, you have to get to a point where like you start taking action. Yes, reflect. That's a great thing. 
But don't just sit there and like throw a pity party for yourself and be like, I'm such a fucking piece of shit on all the bad stuff you've done. Like, be take action. Go be a better person. That's, you know, so I do think that you can sabotage yourself, and a lot of people do, in the name of healing. But it's like, get the fuck up. Get back up. <laughs> AJ? You know, I thought about this. I took me a long time to finally heal, say that I'm healing myself and figuring myself out. And now I'm at the point where I say I'm healing, but then people disagree with me. People disagree with what I have to say, and I start reflecting again. Am I doing it right? Am I doing this right? Am I doing that right? You know what? It doesn't matter what they think. Mm -hmm. As long as I'm making myself feel better, that's what is most important. And if you disagree with me, then it's okay. It's okay. It's sh shame on you. Fix yourself. I'm here to fix me. I'm here to do me. I'm here to fix what's around me and what is part of me. And it, like we said, like I said on my uh, rise, I need to cut out the noise. The noise of all these people over here that don't agree with me, that don't believe in me. Guess what? I'm believing in myself. I don't need you to believe in me. If you don't, you know, believe in yourself. Fix yourself. Don't worry about what I'm doing. Yeah, like don't get, you know, pe most people can't support themselves, okay? Don't get upset when they don't support you. Exactly. <laughs> Before you consider the opinion of others, first consider if you are in fact surrounded by assholes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it is entirely possible to self-reflect to destruction. Like Ariel said, it's almost enabling yourself to fail in a way. Mm -hmm. If that's all you're doing is reflecting without action, then, I mean, sit in front of the mirror and take a selfie all day and post <laughs> on Instagram and see if you make some money. <laughs> <laughs> Only fans. Um, but, yeah. Reflection without change, meditation, and work, it's what time wasted with the TV off, almost in a sense. You really got to have something behind that. And sometimes you got to bounce thoughts and ideas off something other than the walls of your skull, or you will go insane. Mm -hmm. Well, I think definitely there's, in all things, there has to be a balance. And I think, yeah, with a lot of people, it's uh, there's not enough self-reflection, but with a lot of other people, that we, that we probably all know people, that there's too much self-reflection. And with that, it's just ultimately just, just be gentle with yourself, people. Mm -hmm. Like, be gentle with yourself. Like, you know, we can, and this is one of the hardest things that I think all of us will ever have to do. It's, it's, it's easy enough to, like, take a look at your, your life and everything that you've gone through and forgive the other people that have wronged you. But forgiving yourself... It's the hardest thing. That's to do. that's the real hard work. Yeah, I had was I don't remember what book I was reading, but it was about you know a monk was saying like the difference between you and me is that I am constantly forgiving myself all day every day, and I think that that's what we have to do. Like I do that shit all. The, I've gotten better at it, <laughs> right? I just immediately forgive myself. I'm like, okay, well that's fine. Like the other night when I. Forgot that I ate a grilled cheese burrito from Taco Bell. <laughs> I like woke up the next day. I was like, oh, well, it's okay. No worries. <laughs> Not a big deal. 
and just got the fuck over it. In, in, but in the past, I would have gone and like tried to over-exercise because of that, you know, which is not the thing to do. You don't need to work off your food. That's complete bullshit. And being so. personally attacked right now. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? No, you don't need to work off your food. That's what I'm saying. Eat food. It's so good for you. And if you eat a fucking grilled cheese burrito at midnight because you're drunk on tequila, it's okay. Just forgive yourself the next day. At least you didn't hurt anybody. I mean, maybe you're... <laughs> at least you hope. <laughs> maybe your stomach, but... Yeah, I was going to say, the, the, <laughs> the burrito and the tequila sounds like you, you might have hurt yourself just a little bit. <laughs> I hurt myself today. <laughs> Listen... The thing that I'm mad about is that I don't remember that I ate the burrito. I'm like, God damn it, I wish I had at least, like, <laughs> remembered it. I, I even woke up. I, do, I have a, I used to do this on a cruise ship one time because we all were, like, on a friend cruise. And every night I would wake up and be like, I'm so glad I didn't eat the pizza last night. And my husband's like, no, you definitely ate the pizza. <laughs> <laughs> what part of your journey are you most grateful for? AJ. What part of my journey am I most grateful for? Um, finally learning how to love myself and believe in who I am. For the longest time, I let people walk all over me, tell me what to do, tell me what they wanted me to do. I was always a, a follower. I followed everybody around. I did everything that they wanted me to do. I didn't do what I wanted to do. Now, I'm becoming more of what I want to be, who, who I want to be, what I want to be. And I'm becoming more of a leader instead of a follower. Uh, before I started believing in who I was, I never would have opened a chat group. I would never would have opened a believe in yourself group or anything like that. I wouldn't have been part of that. Wouldn't have done something like this. You know, this is a big step for me right here doing this. Oh, it was like pulling your teeth to get say to get you to say yes to this. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad and you kept did. injuring yourself so you couldn't come to do- <laughs> 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 Well I gotta have that bubble, you know? <laughs> I think I'm gonna dress up as a bubble boy for Halloween. Yeah, I'm gonna wrap you in bubble wrap. <laughs> <laughs> Keep you away from ice. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But hey, that was the best damn cup of coffee I ever drank. I saved the cup. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the best thing is just learning how to believe in who I am. I mean, I'm still dealing with people that want to try to hurt me, and it makes me think for a minute, am I worth it? Am I worth it? But you know what? In the end, I am very worth it. And they are just noise. I think for me, the part of my journey that I'm most grateful for, as weird as this is going to sound, is my divorce. Yeah. I would never be where I am or who I am today if I had stayed in that marriage. Mm. Reflected on that a lot in the past couple months. Maybe. Jeff Oh. You know, like looking at this, say like, okay, you know, kind of kind of deep here, but like, yeah, I've I've been I've been kind of struggling a little bit lately, and being faced with that question, I'm realizing part of like the struggle that I'm going through right now. I'm like, 
I need to get off my butt and start showing a little bit more gratitude. Yeah, that's because, you know, being faced with that, you're, I'm being called out on my bullshit right now, basically, is what's going on. But, um, yeah, really thinking about, like, the the part of my journey that, you know, I'm most grateful for. Of course, you know, obligatorily, I'd say, like, yeah, like, my my fiancé, like, we, um, I'm going to be, you know, we're, we're expecting our first child. So, you know, very much that's, you know, a huge change from, from where things were just a couple of years ago, like where, you know, where things were when, when Bishop and I first met. But with that, I mean, when we took shirtless pictures in my kitchen, holding those giant gas station cookies with the words coochie monster written on our giant stomachs. (laughs) I want to see that picture. Oh, I have it. Like never, never, never happened. It's been stricken from the records. Was there, was there tequila involved as well? I mean, we were drinking, but not tequila. Moonshine will do it too. It's like those those white trash margaritas that Bishop makes. I'll never forget you sitting there. Is everybody here right now, or is this my sleep paralysis demon fucking with me? <laughs> <laughs> you said it like five times. <laughs> well, you, you... <laughs> and with that, the podcast got killed. <laughs> <laughs> It's like I I was young and I needed the money. <laughs> no, but but really throughout the entire journey, I would I would say it's it's really been the the spiritual aspects of it that I think I'm the most grateful for. Is that, you know, coming from I, I think David Bowie said it best when he said something to the effect of like religion is for people that are afraid of hell and spirituality is for people who've actually lived through it. Mm, I love that. So it it's it's that, you know, ultimately, like, realizing kind of who I am, like, who we all are, how everything is so, is interconnected, and how there is more to this existence than just what these forces over here have drilled into us and what these forces over here are drilling into us. And being able to, like, yeah, find that find that purpose and be able to find that connection and just being able to just like step outside and get your get your feet in the dirt and you know be be able to just feel that feel alive and feel feel connected and 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 actually like wake up with with that with that purpose in realizing that you're not just a cog in the machine you are you are made of stardust but you know well you know every piece of trash out there is made of stardust as well but we are all made of stardust we're all part of something bigger how about you ariel oh um can you repeat the question (laughs) (laughs) what part of your journey are you most grateful for yes okay are you crying over there no i just my nose is a little runny i'm sorry but it's crying listen i'm not afraid to cry i'll admit if i'm crying (laughs) My nose is stuffy. Um, I would have to say that I I can honestly sit here and say I am so grateful for all the shit that I went through, for the terrible car accident, for, through all the childhood trauma, like through every single struggle. It is what shaped me into who I am today. People always want to say like I want to be strong and confident and resilient. Well, 
Don't be surprised when life gives you opportunities to be strong and courageous and resilient. Like, that's not something that you can just learn by reading in a book. You have to learn from experience is, and that is what I have done. I have learned from every single experience, good and bad, you know, but more so from the bad experiences. I've learned so much from that. And I am just so grateful that I made it this far, like, alive because <laughs> I should have died, like, a lot. <laughs> Many times I've got very great angels that are protecting me. And they're like, God damn it, bitch. <laughs> Stop <laughs> acting like an asshole. Come on, you got the world to change. Let's go. You're here for a big purpose. Like what Jeff said, like, I do believe that each one of us has a purpose. And you can have even more than one purpose in life, you know. But I do think that we all have magic inside of us. And it's just, you know, about whether or not you want to open that door for yourself and, and believe in yourself. Because, you know, you have to believe your magic. Those who don't believe in magic will never find it. And it all starts with one step. You got to take that first step to fix yourself, to heal yourself, to make something better yourself. It doesn't matter if it's a giant step or a baby step. Just take that damn first step because you're never going to do it without taking a step. Yep. It is true. What is the deepest lesson you have each learned? I think for me, it's the value of self-love. Mm-hmm. Like boundaries is a very important lesson. But man, if you don't have self-love, you are setting yourself up for a whole bunch of stupid situations. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just self-love is self-respect. And without it, it just seriously, life is a shit show. You won't ever improve your personal belief of yourself through the opinions and friendships of others solely alone. Mm -hmm. They help, but you got to have a core. And I think if you don't have self-love and you're out there hunting for a relationship to complete that part of you, you're in for a really shitty cycle of repeating the same mistakes with different people who probably don't stick around long. Mm -hmm. Or if they do, it's for far too long and it's not beneficial. Mm -hmm. Jeff of all? Oh. I'd say boundaries are an important one. Uh, very much so. Yeah. Say that was... A lot of the problems that I had um, was not being able to, to set effective boundaries. Like I was either too much of an asshole, um, having like this big shield up around me and, you know, and alienating myself or, or like when it came, especially when it came to relationships and, and dating and things like that, it was not having enough boundaries and just, feeling like, you know, you're kind of just begging for, for crumbs, for scraps. And I'd say one of the, the greatest lessons that I ever learned was just learning to enjoy your own company mm -hmm. and how, especially like if you're in any kind of relationships, not just like romantic relationships, but like in, in trying to like do you know, business pursuits or things like that. It's, it's, uh, if you are able to, to value your, your, your own, your own company, 
and like trusting yourself and trust that like, Hey, I can do this by myself. I can do this on my own. Then at that stage, it's the people that you're bringing in are not people that you're bringing in because you feel like, well, I can't do this without somebody else there. It's you're bringing in people that are there because they truly add value. They truly help you. They're not, they're not going to be like a detriment, like the way, the way that, it can be if you're bringing in people because you're afraid to be alone. You're afraid to do things on your own. Ariel? I keep getting so caught up in everyone's answers that I forget the question. <laughs> but I think it was, what's the... Uh, the what, just go ahead and read it. <laughs> <laughs> what is the deepest lesson you've each learned? The deepest... Oh, yeah. Okay, now I remember. Um... Mine, what I, I mean, there's been so many lessons, but I think one of the deepest ones is that when you go out and try to create something more for yourself, not everyone's going to like it. And you have to be okay with letting those relationships fall away. When I started my business, I lost a lot of friends, best friends, you know, because some, sometimes I don't really know what the reason was, so I have only, like, my own assumptions um, of, you know, like, they were intimidated by the fact that I was, like, really kicking ass, right? Like, I started my business, and it took off, and it's been fucking awesome. And when people, you know, they get, like, triggered by that, and then they would not want to, they would just, like, stop talking to me. And I'm like, well, okay, I'm not responsible for your triggers. I'm not going to, I'm not going to shrink, and I'm not going to dim to fit in. So I don't care how unpopular I am. Like, you know, whatever. I know what my truth is. I know who I am. And you can either come along or don't. I don't care. Either way, I'm fucking going. Get in, buckle up, and shut up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How about you, AJ? Um, the biggest thing would be that it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to screw up because that's life. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm not perfect. I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to act like I'm walking on eggshells around everybody. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm not going to do the right thing every single time. But as long as I keep learning from that mistake and growing and moving forward so when that situation comes up again i'm not doing it over and over and over again that and positivity and just self-love you know being positive about everything being negative things are going to happen but where's the positive in it you know i know gary john bishop doesn't like the, that whole positivity thing but you know I, that's one thing I, I don't have to agree with him but that's one thing that i believe in is positivity especially you know what I'm so sick of hearing about, is your glass, glass half full? Is your glass has half empty? I don't give a shit about my glass. I'm just grateful I have a fucking glass. And what's in it? Can I drink it? Right. <laughs> Preach. You've each gone through your own rise and falls. Do you feel you're better prepared for the next tower, or do you think you'll have any more as, as instrumental as these ones have been? Jeff. I 
hope not. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but ultimately the thing is with life is that it's not like a constant. You know, you have your. It's not you. You know, you have your tower moment, and then it's just a constant climb from there. It's you're gonna have up. You're gonna have downs. It's more like a roller coaster. So you know, and you might have like the the one big tower, and then other minor towers later on, or you might have what you think is the big tower, and then you just have a bigger tower later on. Like that. That's. I mean, that's just life. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, it's you know, like what you guys were saying earlier. It's a matter of being able to like to to pick yourself up, and be able to and be able to move forward, and to. To be able to to take the lessons that need to be learned from those situations in order to to try to rebuild from more solid foundations so that your tower doesn't crumble the next time around. Yeah, I do feel like it was a series of predictable yet unfortunate events that led to me hitting rock bottom and bouncing and hitting rock bottom and bouncing and hitting rock bottom. Did I mention bouncing yet? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what about rock bottom? Yeah, that too. On the head a couple times. No coffee though. You got the coffee and then you hit the head and I just, I didn't. Yeah, I I was probably rum and then I hit the head. You know, I I like that it was head injuries that we had that got (laughs) (laughs) this. It was like, uh, it's called a God smack, right? When God's like, damn it. Your shit together. <laughs> Smacks you upside the head. It didn't take once, but twice. For me. Twice, yes. twice. Well, you know what? Some some people just need more examples. But both times I saved that coffee. You saved the coffee. The second time I lost my mentos. Oh, the fresh maker. <laughs> <laughs> it's not such a fresh maker that day. I, uh, you know, I I hope like Jeff that I don't have any other major towers. But if I do. I can simply remember these words. This too will pass. It might be like a kidney stone, but it will eventually fucking pass. Yes. I can rebound. I can rebuild. I can be resilient. And a bump in the road or a fall from a tower isn't necessarily going to kill me. Mm-hmm. AJ? Uh, I might fall and break my knee. I don't know. Got to put that bubble around me. Bubble wrap. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, I've kind of like you said, you've fallen, got back up, fallen, got back up. And I quote back to that Rocky movie again. It doesn't matter how many times you get knocked down, get back up. You get knocked down 20 times, get back up 21. And that's what I've learned about myself is I may fall, but get back up. I hope I don't fall as hard as I did this, this time that, with my fall, but I've learned to get back up and keep moving forward one step at a time, one day at a time. I finally remember the question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I again, like anyone, we don't want terrible things to happen, right? Nobody wishes for that. The reality is, though, is that stuff is going to happen. Like what Jeff said, it's like a roller coaster, and, and there's ebbs and there's flows of life's, right? So I think it's really important to be grateful when things are good, when you feel like you're on the rise, you know, really be grateful for that. And then when you do hit an ebb or a fall, using your experiences and the lessons that you've learned from those previous falls, 
I 100% think better equips you for the next one. If nothing else, it shows you that you've gotten through something really, really difficult before and you're on the other side of it now and you have so much wisdom from it, right? And so it's important to like think about if, if you do experience a fall, like think about your future self who's who's made it through and who's on the other side of the fire. Like what would they say to you right now? And then say that to yourself to help you get through the struggle. What do you think your next steps look like in life? AJ. My next steps. More self, more fixing myself even more. Working on myself every day. Um, like me and Ariel talked about, I need to find a mentor, somebody to help me get deeper into my shit and get it out so I can keep moving forward, you know, so I'm not feeling like I'm stuck. Uh, just keep being positive, moving forward, and believing in who I am and not going backwards. My next step is making some new goals. I had a lot of goals, like one of them was buying a house. And I mean, I hit some pretty big, high dollar value goals. But I haven't really sat down and written out some heartfelt goals in a while. And it's it's past due time to do that. That's one thing I was bad at, Love was it. setting goals. I can't set goals. Come do strong man with me. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Afon? Oh, geez. Well, I think uh, you said it best when you're when we're talking about setting goals. Uh, with that, you know, I've got some big milestones that are coming up. And with this, it's, you know, we've made a lot of changes this far and more monumental changes need to happen. So, like, one of the big things here is that when there's a toddler here, I don't want to be moaning and groaning and having a hard time getting up off the couch if he's about to try to baptize the cat. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, no. So, getting, getting in shape, that and... I think, you know, anybody that's kind of stepping into this, like ultimately, like we all have kind of that same goal in mind, which we want to give them a better life than what our parents were able to give to us. And so with this, like sitting here, you know, talk, talking with my fiance about like what it is that we want to do and, and where it is that we want to go. It's like we both realize that neither one of us are going to be happy as long as we're working for the man. Mm. So we're... So that's going to be part of moving forward and the goals moving forward is figuring out how to get out of that rat race, trying to figure out how to, how to get into that era of, you know, multiple streams of income and of, you know, that kind of surplus instead of a, in, instead of scarcity and, and yeah, just really being able to, to live life on our own terms and, give him a you know life full of experience and adventure and culture and just be the most kick-ass dad and most kick-ass husband that I can be. Love it. <sighs> dun, dun, dun. My next steps, world domination. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> kind of, I'm kind of kidding. Um, <laughs> 
I mean, honestly, you know, I've done, I've been working on myself. I've been on my healing journey for so long, right? And and it never really ends. I'm always working on myself in some capacity. It's a daily process. Daily process, yep. And, and same with my business, you know, it started as just behavior change, personal training, and now I'm doing massage, I do retreats. So really just continuing to like my most immediate next steps right now are strongman is definitely I'm, I mean, I'm not going to stop with this one competition that I'm doing. I'm actually thinking about um, doing nationals in October. It's like amateur nationals. So I'm going to talk with my own coach that I have about is that realistic? <laughs> is that a realistic goal? Do you think that I can do that? And then um, as far as, you know, like business stuff, just continuing to get out and my next steps are getting more involved in the community. So I've been so grateful to have so many opportunities to, you know, go to these events. I've got like a retreat, not this weekend, but next weekend where I'm getting to do chair massage. I have a healers conference where I'm getting to do chair massage. So really just networking with people in the Utah community because I am still relatively new here. And breaking in is, you know, it's tough, especially as, you know, in with the culture and everything. So finding finding people who are in that kind of counterculture of not like not believing in anything, not, you know, but that nice balance of people who do love spiritual, who are spiritual and believe in holistic health approaches. And yeah, but just keep being a badass. <laughs> <laughs> Who's been a highly positive influence in your life, and what did they do or say that resonated so positively with you? From Nikki P. I love Nikki. She's awesome. She is. <laughs> and the way she works out, God, I wish I had her go. <laughs> Don't wish, do. Uh, yeah. Jeff. You know what? Like, this might sound a little self-centered or whatnot, but one of the things that I have learned is, because and, well, I got I got to give props to my fiancé for giving, giving me the kick in the butt that I've needed in this department, but who is it that I've learned the most from and who is it that I've been able to turn to when I've needed a mentor? Ultimately, myself. It's, yeah, any time, you, you have, it's learning to have that faith in yourself, and it's, there's that thing out there about how, you know, pray, pray that you never meet your heroes. Mm-hmm. It's when you're putting like that much faith and that much trust in, 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 in someone or like elevating someone to that position, looking up to somebody like inevitably something's going to happen at some point where they're, they're probably going to let you down. Like, or you put yourself in a position where you're just like, I don't know that I can do this. I don't know that I have the knowledge that I need. I don't know that I have the resources that I need. I need to find somebody that knows better than me, somebody who's more experienced. I need to find like a guru. I need to find a mentor. You're just going to find a bunch of whack jobs that, you know, you know, the whole like fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. Everybody is faking it. <laughs> so ultimate, ultimately, the you know the the one thing that you're gonna learn with this journey, in trying to find like the mentor, the guru, the one person that you know the the all-seeing prophet that you know can set you on the right path is that all is within. Like you have to learn to trust yourself. You have to learn to like trust your own intuition and and have to have to learn to to well just embrace. 
that you by yourself are enough and go for it. Love that. Ariel. Yeah, I love what Jeff said about, you know, being your own guru and your own mentor. I do believe that there is no one person that can, that has all the answers, that can do everything, for right? Like, it's, don't, don't put anyone on a pedestal and understand definitely that you have the answers within you. That being said, I am someone who I've worked with so many coaches and mentors and just have had been very grateful to have really awesome bosses too who taught me a lot. I've talked about Drew on one of the on my other podcast on the other episode. Um, I will give a shout out to my mentor. Um, well, she's no longer I don't longer work with her, but she is the mentor that I started working with and she helped me start my business. And, you know, it was it was this she asked me one question. And that's what made me start my business because I was talking with her um, and just like casually mentioned, I was like, you know, I'd really love to like be a life coach one day and have my own business. And she was like, well, why not right now? Like, why don't you just do that? I was like, uh, I don't know. And like, you know, I had this like at the time, I think she was like 24. I was like, who the fuck are you? (laughs) 30, right? I was like, okay, but you know, I mean, but it was like, she's amazing and I love her so much. And she really, again, like seeing her at 24, like doing what she was doing, you know, at the time, like making more than six figures were doing personal training. I was like, fuck man, if, if she can do this, I can do this. And she taught me so much about masculine feminine energy and really learning how to lead and run my business with not from overcompensating with my masculine energy, but by really leaning back into my feminine energy, which has just allowed me to receive so much. It's like way easier. I was like, this is great. Why the fuck was I working so hard? (laughs) (laughs) It's ridiculous. And, you know, and again, like just, she, she helped me start this business that is so much more than just a business. It's so much more than something that makes me money. It is my soul path purpose. And it helps so many people. And I believe it, it, you know, the people who are crazy enough to believe that they can change the world are the ones that do, right? And I'm so grateful that, like, this is my path and that I am on it. And I'm never going to work for the man again. <laughs> AJ? Ooh, read the question again. I was from Nikki. Sorry, Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> Who's been a highly positive influence in your life, and what did they do or say that resonated so positively with you? You know, I've had so many people that have been a positive influence in my life that if I started naming names, I feel like I was leaving somebody out. You know, from Scott to my dad, who didn't have to be my dad, to my mom, who didn't have to be my mom. But I would have to say myself, like Jeff said, but also you have to believe in higher power. So God, he's been, I have to believe in something that's going to get me somewhere. And he's going to get me somewhere if I continue to believe. Because I can't do this shit on my own. I've got to have something to look forward to. And as long as him and my wife believe in who I am, I will believe in who myself as well. My wife pushes me to be better every day. 
and she's been absolutely amazing through all of this. I don't feel like I say enough sometimes. You just give me no. that look. No, you're, <laughs> you're great. Fine, you're great. I'm going to say something a little bit different and potentially controversial. All right, let's hear it. They don't have to be a positive person to make a positive impact in your life. That's very true. Sometimes people are great examples of people you don't want to be, anything like. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes they push you to that point where you're tired of all the bullshit, so you have to make that massive life change. I love that. I, I think I do owe a lot to, you know, Gary John Bishop. It's been a day. Gary John Bishop or John Gary Bishop? No. Gary John Bishop. There we go. I uh, That was like the first self-help book that I really read that I resonated with. Mm. And I mean, his just, you know, urban psychology, you know, bullshit, just this is what it is and quit doing that shit kind of philosophy was eye-opening for me. Mm. But there's been many people who have had points of positivity in my life and points of extreme negativity. And in both ways, they pushed me into things that were life-changing in a good way. Love it. I, uh, I closed my app with the... Uh, oh, no, I forgot. I guess I could just pull the questions is. up for myself, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's say your life is going great, but you're anticipating heartache from a big life change in a few months. How do you maintain being present in the moment and being authentic with your feelings when the big life change happens? Jeff. Oh, why do we got to put me on the spot? <laughs> See, normally I just try to round robin this and then every place nose goes or not it. So now I'm just calling on people. So suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> well, I think whatever the the situation is, is it's you know we're we're going back to like ancient philosophy here. Lao Tzu, who said, if you're living in the past, you're going to be depressed, and if you're too worried about the future, then you're going to be anxious. So the trick is to live in the present, or like the whole Ram Das, be here now, be here now, be. Be present in what's going on right now. Like, is worrying so much about what's gonna happen tomorrow? Like, if it's if it's already if it's already gonna happen, like, what is what is worrying about it today? Gonna gonna do? Like, it's it's you know that that's tomorrow's problem. It's it's you know if it's set in stone, you know it's gonna happen. Like, don't let what has to be faced tomorrow rob you of your today. Yeah. And don't let what's happened in yesterday rob you of today. Like, just mm -hmm. be present now, and when the time comes, be present in doing what you have to do to handle your shit. I kind of feel like my question would be, what can you do to confront tomorrow's problem today? Like, is this a conversation you'd have with somebody else? Is there a set end date for something you both know is coming up. Like, don't sit there and drive yourself nuts with it. If it involves somebody else, have that conversation with them. And maybe it ends things sooner. Or maybe you guys find a way to enjoy whatever time it is you have left with the understanding and knowledge of you care about each other. And this is how we're going to kind of roll this out, you know? Yeah. AJ. You know, I got 
to where I would set goals, five-year goals, 10-year goals, and I would get mad at myself because I would never accomplish them. So now I don't set goals. I know what I want to do, and I say, hey, let's start working towards this one step at a time. Don't try to find too much of something tomorrow, the next day, a week from now, six months from now. Work on it one step at a time to where you want to get to. And if you're expecting something in a few months, well, work on it to get there or fix it now. Don't wait to fix it. Fix it now. Ariel. Yeah, I I love everything y'all said. I definitely um, resonate very hard with like, you know, the not worrying about what's going to happen in the future, right? Because you're just, that's, that's self-imposed suffering is what that is. You're making yourself suffer twice because you're getting all worked up about the thing that you know is going to happen, the big life change, right? And so don't do that. <laughs> Have ways to do that, though, ways to be in the present moment. Like here's an actual practical piece of, like a, a activity, I guess, exercise you can do to actually help bring yourself into the present moment um, and shift that energy of like being really stressed out, being really worried. And that is, well, I'll give you two examples. Like one named, write down, write down, because there is a very, uh, there's a study done that shows actually writing something versus like typing it. Um, it helps your brain retain the information more and actually believe it. Um, so it just like sinks in a little bit more. So that's why, that's why journaling is so powerful. Um, but writing down 10 things that you're grateful for. Gratitude is a superpower and it is, you can't experience like <laughs> sadness and gratitude, you know, like at the same time, really. Like if you're sitting there expressing gratitude, you're raising your vibration and it's not about like bypassing what you're, what you're feeling, right? But it's just, it's choosing not to put all of your focus onto that thing and to focus on what's going really well in your life. And then another way, another exercise to help bring yourself into the present moment. This is what um, has been recommended sometimes for like people who are experiencing like panic attacks and, and just like getting needing to ground is name. I, I'm going to try not to butcher this, but it's like using your, your five senses, right, to bring awareness to where you're at. So like name something that you can see, name something that you can smell, name something that you can taste, touch feel and touch the same thing was that all five what did taste. i say taste taste touch feel hear and see and see yeah so naming that and that can just help bring you into the present moment keep you from spiraling onto what the big life event is and when you're in the moment when you're experiencing the big life change like remind yourself like hey we knew this was coming this isn't a surprise Okay, we know this was coming and it's going to be okay. We're going to make it through it. We've made it through really difficult things in the past. We can make it through this too. You know, I was just thinking about this while you were saying that. Death is a huge life experience. Mm -hmm. But if you're so worried about death and when death is going to be, are you going to be able to enjoy your life now? Don't worry about when you're going to die. Enjoy life. Enjoy what you're doing. Enjoy who you're with. Enjoy it. Don't worry about 
what's going to happen tomorrow, five years from now, 20 years from now. It, it is what it is. Ariel, you want to read question 10 for us? Yes, I do. So, do you want do you want me to read the whole example as well? I guess so, so people might know. Um, all right. When you have family or friends who have a mental illness, how do you leave space for them when you also suffer from one yourself? Where's the line where it bleeds over? Example, two people with anxiety or CPTSD. So CPTSD is complex PTSD, complex post-traumatic stress disorder, sometimes abbreviated to CPTSD, is a condition where you experience some symptoms of PTSD along with some additional symptoms such as difficulty controlling your emotions, feeling very angry or distrustful towards the world, constant feelings of emptiness or hopelessness, feeling as if you are permanently damaged or worthless, feeling as if you are completely different to other people, feeling like nobody can understand what happened to you, avoiding friendships and relationships or finding them very difficult, often experiencing disassociative symptoms such as depersonalization or derealization. There can also be physical symptoms such as headaches, dizziness, chest pains, and stomach aches, and regular suicidal feelings. Bishop. <laughs> I think you got to realize that you have to have a sense of self-preservation on that one. You can't make yourself a martyr for the cause. And I think only you can really figure out where that line is. Absolutely. Jeff? Well, I think what you're going into, I mean, it's that that word that starts with a B and ends with boundaries that everybody struggles with. But I think when we're looking at that kind of a question, I mean, ultimately when we get into any kind of a relationship, be it a romantic relationship or other or otherwise, there is no such thing as this perfect, gloriously like harmonic relationship in which people are not going to be coming in with their struggles or their traumas or or their, you know, CPTSD or or whatever. So with this, it is, it is a matter of whatever the relationship is. It's like there does have to be, you know, boundaries. There does have to be a lot of honest, open communication about what the other person is going through, um, understanding each other's triggers and honoring each other's triggers and, you know, things of that nature. And also, under, and also understanding that the two of you are going to mess up at times as you go along. You're going to trigger each other. You're going to, you know, and and with that, there does have to be that being able to, to come to the table and work things out. And there does have to be that that constant willingness towards growth and evolution with the relationship in order for it to work. If anybody ever gets in the mindset of this is just who I am, it's never going to change. You're never like you. You just have to deal with it then that's essentially where that relationship is going to meet its death. So with that, both <laughs> parties have to be committed to that, to that growth, to that evolution. And um, ultimately, it's going to require a lot of patience, a lot of respect, 
and a lot of forgiveness on both parts. But if both of you are committed to that growth, that evolution, and to open and honest communication, respecting each other, honoring boundaries, honoring, honoring each other's triggers, then you can make it work. But every, every relationship is going to have its trials of some sort of another that will have to be overcome. So let's, you know, how to make it work. I think, I think sometimes, especially in a, if, in a case when somebody has a diagnosis like CPTSD or whatnot, like they can have a very, th this does present like a very disparaging outlook sometimes on relationships. And so with this, there does have to be like a change of mindset with, with going into this. I mean, like if we're, we're going into a relationship with this, like I have this diagnosis. So relationships are always going to be a struggle for me. It's always going to be difficult. It's always going to be doom and gloom. This is, this is going to be what's going to be manifested. So trying to, trying to be mindful of that and being able to say, you know what? Like I have my problems. I have my trauma. Like I have my issues, but I am willing to learn, I am willing to grow, and I am willing to be vulnerable with this other person in order to make this work. Ariel. Yeah, so I love this question because I definitely have, you know, family members, one of them being um, that I am the primary caretaker of, and they do have mental illness and personality disorder. And I'm thinking maybe this person means, like, how do you hold space for them when you also suffer? Um, and so, you know, like remembering that this is actually something my therapist taught me that I it's stuck with me clearly, you know, is remembering that no one asked to have mental illness, you know, like it's not, it's not like you come here and you're like, Oh, let's see, let, let me pick which one I want. <laughs> you know, like it's something that you don't have control over having. And therefore, you know, I think that that has allowed me at least to really have a lot more compassion for my dad when it comes to, you know, holding space and everything for, you know, his mental illness, even though, you know, I struggle too. And I really was struggling so much, especially in the beginning when he moved in with me and having to, to do so much. Um, and in, while also maintaining a boundary of like setting limits on my own mental health, right? And so, yeah, I mean, just remembering that he, he did not ask for that and or and nobody does, you know, it's not like you asked for it either. And I love what Jeff was saying, like not letting your mental illness become who like consume you. You have a mental illness. You are not a mental illness. Right. It's like when people say, like, I'm fat. No, you have fat on your body. But that is not your personality. That is not who you are. You get to decide that, right? And so I think that, um, I don't know where I was going with that. But, you know, just uh, remembering, you know, that we all have, we all have mental health, right? And we all struggle with our mental health. And just because you're struggling doesn't, it's again, like remembering that it's not a competition, of, like, who's suffering more, whose mental illness is worse. Like, it all fucking sucks, guys. And it's something that we need to constantly work on and have compassion for everybody. And remembering that everyone is going through struggles that they're not even telling people about. So, 
Compassion is great. AJ. You know, mental illness is still kind of taboo, uh, but it's getting better, much better than what it used to be, where people couldn't talk about it at all. Oh, my gosh, that person's just crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, the one thing that me and my ex-wife lacked with our different issues, she had she suffered from severe PTSD, and me, anger issues, anxiety, and all that was communication. And the one thing that me and my wife now have, communication, 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 and compromise. Sometimes things aren't going to work how you want it, and you've got to learn how to compromise and communicate what each other wants. Uh, Sometimes you may not understand it, but that's where communication comes in. Communication, communication, communication. Without communication, you're not going to learn from each other. You're not going to know from each other. You're not going to figure out what each other's needs, wants, desires, stuff like that, and what triggers you have. What, what do I do that would trigger you, and what would you do that triggers me? You've got uh, to communicate that to each other and express it and not be afraid to because without it, you're going to go nowhere. I like it. This lion dog is trying to steal my headphones. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Brugger. Good boy. All right. Question 11. How do you stay above water when you go more steps backwards than forward? Jeff. Oh, you know, that that can be tough sometimes, but... Yeah, it is, you know, like we were saying, like life's a roller coaster. And sometimes, you know, after you have that tower moment, you might be facing a bigger tower later on down the road. Like it happens. And, you know, when you're facing a, a situation like that, say like, yeah, like it, you, you have to, yeah, you have to give yourself time to be able to, to process the, the emotions that you're going through. Allow yourself to allow yourself the space to, to feel what you really need to feel. Don't allow yourself to to become those emotions or to to well uh, I, I guess there was something that a, that a friend said to me one time when I was in a bad place. this was during the whole situation with my tower and like he took me out for for a few drinks and allowed me to, to just be able to vent. And I said something to the effect of just, you know, everything is just absolutely fucked up and absolute bullshit right now. And I don't know how I can cope with everything right now. And he pointed out to me, he says, okay, well, what's, what's the operative in like what you just said? And I said, what? Like just everything just fucking sucks right now. He says, just right now. Says, yeah, it sucks right now. You can acknowledge that it sucks right now. You can you can say like, hey, like I backslid here, and this is this is horrible, right now. Feel that, process it, move through it, but then move forward. You can always you can always rebuild. You can always you can always start again. Just because you backslid doesn't mean that this is the end of the journey. Love that. I like that too. I think 
kind of feeding off what something Ariel said earlier is forgiveness. Don't let the fact that you backslid become its own, like, you know, its own tower. Give it its own life. Okay, yeah, it happened. You went backwards. Forgive yourself and you need to move on. Whichever way you move on is up to you. But don't dwell in that, you know, oh, shit, I fucked up. I went backwards. The more you think about it and dwell on it, the more life you give it and the further backwards you're going to go. So it's recognizing it, accepting it, and then finding the change. Mm-hmm. AJ. Get back up. Keep moving. One step. You know, you may have gone five steps back, but you've got to make one step forward to get going again. It doesn't matter that you're negative four. Who cares? <laughs> as long as you make one step forward again, keep moving forward because you might get knocked down. Get back up. Keep moving forward. Yeah. Keep your it, your head's not gonna fall fall underwater if you keep going forward. You got to keep trying. It's when you just give up and say, "I can't do this anymore. I don't give a shit. Everything's tough. I'm, I'm I just can't do it." You give up. That's when your head fall head fall. Ugh. Your head falls below water, and you just drown in your own sorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say uh, something again, that, that same mentor I was talking about earlier, she um, told me one of the best things that, you know, when you feel like you're struggling to stay above water and, and like, think about it, like if, if you're thrashing around, right, and there's waves all over and it's really crazy, you know, go under, go under, because what's it like when we go under the water in a storm? Calm. It's calm, right? And so... Really, like, going within, especially the, the person asked the question, like, how, let me pull up the question and just read it so I quote them properly, but how do you stay above water when you go more, to- more steps fo- backwards than forward? What is the reason that you're taking so many steps backward? Are you contributing to your own backward spiral? You know, and just like what um, AJ said is, then, okay, take, what's the next forward step you can take? Just the very next one. We don't need to get back to the four steps, right, or however many the fuck we went back. Like, what's just the next step you can take? And it could be, like, forgiveness, you know? So like go, go under. Stop trying to, like, thrash above water. I'd like to add to that, if I may. Yeah. About, do not underestimate the power of half-assed actions. Yeah. Like if, you know, you're in that state where you're backslid so much and you're just miserable, you don't know where to start. Like, if you're making a half-assed effort, you're still going to get up every day, make a half-assed effort with something. You're still going to be moving forward. You're still going to be a lot further than you would be if you just stay where you're at. It like, doesn't have to be a giant step, just a baby step. One Small move. Yep. Just like if you, you don't have you don't have enough spoons to like get fully showered. At least brush your teeth. You don't have you don't have the energy to clean the house. You know at least at least you know pick up at least pick up all the fast food wrappers that have accumulated by the side of your bed. Like, do not underestimate the power and the momentum that can come from half-assed actions. Yeah. 
I have two things I want to say. One is just, yes, like even 0.1% progress is still progress, right? Also, Jeff, did you say you shower with spoons? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's happening the, there. It's I don't I don't know where it came from. It's the whole the whole spoon theory. Like everybody, every, like it, it you, you hear no, this used all the time. Like every you know you you have a certain number of spoons that you have throughout the day, and you know doing something like big like cleaning the house that might cost you five spoons or well, something. Obviously, your spooning led to Forky. <laughs> <laughs> Zing. <laughs> so when somebody said you know so whenever somebody says like okay well if you don't have enough spoons it, it comes from that like that psychological thing i don't know where it came from where okay. it's everybody has like a certain number of spoons and every action costs a certain number of spoons and and you know if you're dealing with depression or something like that then you just don't have the same number of spoons in a given day that you would normally have. So you have to learn how to operate with, with fewer spoons. That's an interesting way to say it. Think about it. Cause I've never even heard about it that way. Yeah, but that's a good way to put it. Yeah. I'm wondering, you know, which, which country they visited that, you know, their entire currency system is based on <laughs> spoons, but <laughs> nobody pays me in spoons. It's like anybody remember like the you know old internet, like salad fingers. It's like, I wonder if that's like, <laughs> you know, I like spoons. I like crusty spoons. I like oh, to touch them. I just saw a salad fingers uh, meme at Starry Night and Orm. I went there to grab vape juice after I dropped off Jackie on Sunday. Like behind the counter, there was like a salad fingers meme, and I was like, "Oh, it still haunts me." <laughs> I think I need to reintroduce uh, myself with the salad fingers. One thing I want to add to what Ariel says is, uh, you know, when Ariel says "go under," it's not like live, laugh, toaster bath. <laughs> you gotta keep going. <laughs> yes, I mean by a way, go under, go within, right? Like go within, looking at yourself, your own emotions. Stop, cut, you know, cut out the noise, like AJ said, right? Like go within you and get clarity that way. So Toaster we have. <laughs> You've never seen that before. No, I have not. All right, so this goes back to the old internet again. Does anybody remember Foamy the Squirrel? Yes. No. Oh, what? I don't think so, but I'm bad with names. Get what? up, I'm going to start electrocuting you, you with a bathtub and a like, toaster. <laughs> I'm going to Google this. Foamy the squirrel. Oh, there's so many good episodes. Tech support, Amityville toaster. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, I have some Googling to do. <laughs> we are on the last listener yeah. question, y'all. What advice would you give someone who is in the middle of their fall and can't see the end of it? Mm -hmm. I, I think my first question upon this question for all of us is, did anybody know they were in the middle of their tower when it was going on? No, it no. completely went splat. I had some inkling. I think I, I would say like my later towers, right? Like the one I experienced last year. I very much was aware of, like, this is a tower moment. <laughs> now, we all have different experiences, so it's entirely possible you're more aware of what you're going through, or maybe mm -hmm. this is a secondary tower like Ariel's talking about. But the one thing I want to say is don't breathe more sorrow and depth into something and give it that kind of life if that's not what it is. Mm -hmm. You never kind of, it's, it's like that self-fulfilling prophecy. You don't want to give it that kind of life. If you're feeling yourself going through a tower, 
and you're seeing that your tower is falling, reinforce it. Stop it. Do something to build yourself back up. Don't just keep letting it fall because you know you're, let, you're seeing it fall. Do something about it. Don't just complain about it. Don't just say that you're, you're falling. Actually reinforce it and fix it and start putting it back together. I know I keep saying it over and over, but one step. It only takes one step to get moving forward. No, it's true. And it's, it's, it's the one step. It's the action. Inaction leads to continued suffering. Mm-hmm. And I've said this before, but if you live the same shit, different day life, you're going to have same shit, different day experiences. Mm-hmm. Your, your tower is going to completely fall infinity. It's going to keep falling and falling and falling until you actually do something about it. So if you haven't hit rock bottom and you think you can stop it, then <clears throat> find where your rock of salvation is. Mm-hmm. Find your strength and just have that conversation with yourself of what the fuck do I need to do? Why does this suck so bad? And what am I going to do to change it? Mm-hmm. I mean, my whole start to my turning process, like I was talking about in my rise episode, it was that letter I wrote myself to your bishop. Which eventually turned into this fucking podcast. <laughs> love it. I love your writing, Bishop. All right. Who else has more to add to this? I can always add. <laughs> <laughs> I would, well, in classic Ariel fashion, let me reread the question <laughs> because it's then it comes through. Uh, okay. What advice would you give someone who's in the middle of their fall and can't see the end of it? So two things I want to speak to on this. Um, Great thing is to ask yourself, instead of being like, why is this happening to me? Like, what is this teaching me? Is what you should ask yourself. Because when we go through falls, there is wisdom in that. And so looking at it as like, what do I get to learn from this experience? Using myself as an example, like last year, really taught me so much about have like having more compassion for others and you know deepening even more into the knowingness that like we are all on this journey and the only ending is when we die right it's not you're never going to get to this destination where you don't have struggles life is suffering stop adding to it by like beating yourself up the whole time because when you beat yourself up you're the one that is bruised no one else is And then the other thing that I want to speak to is, like, stop trying to see the end of it, you know? Like, just take it day by day, moment by moment, and going back to gratitude, okay? Yeah, you're experiencing some shit right now, and we're not trying to bypass that. We're not trying to deny that it's happening. What I'm asking you to do is simply remind you of what is going well instead of constantly focusing on what is going wrong. Because if you keep focusing on what is going wrong, the negative, the negative will come about. It just builds, yeah. yeah. It just continues to build. And, and then that's, it just consumes you. And so it's about making a choice to put your energy elsewhere. Just redirect the focus and allow that to help you build strength, build resiliency, and get you through to the end of it without constantly being like, are we there yet? <laughs> you know? Just, it's all a journey. Learn to enjoy every single bit of it because that is what we assign, our soul 
agreed to do. When we came down, inhabited these bodies, we were like, hey, I want to experience all of life. No, you can't just be here for the good shit. You have to experience the bad shit too. And that is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful part of the human experience. Look at what it's created. Look what our shit has created, right? Like this awesome podcast where we get to inspire other people and, and potentially help so many people, right? Like, if psychedelic mushrooms can grow from cow shit, so can you. <laughs> what do you have to say, Jeff of all? Well, I think, you know, we've already covered a lot of the basis on this. You know, like, okay, well, the fact that you can take a look at what's going on and be able to recognize this as a potential tower moment. Say most of us, yeah, like when we were going through our tower moments, we were kind of blindsided by it. We didn't recognize that that's what was going on. So... Like anything else, like being able to being able to see what's going on and acknowledge it, that's that's the first step there. But with that, it is that whole like, you know, what we were saying about like go under it. Mm -hmm. And this goes back to our whole like you gotta get tired of your own bullshit thing. It's like you're in the middle of a tower, things just seem to keep crumbling. You don't know how you're gonna get through it. You don't know when it's gonna stop crumbling. Like you got to do a deep dive during those, during those, those states and like, see like, yeah, you know, what is this teaching me? What can I learn from this? Like, where have I gone wrong? What could have I have done different? Like, what can I take with me moving forward to make sure that, that when I rebuild that I'm going to have a more solid foundation because, you know, if we just sit there and yeah, like, like you were saying, like, do, you know, same shit, different day life, you're going to get same shit, different day results. So if your tower is crumbling and it's just, you're just doing the same thing day in, day out, and it just keeps falling and you don't know why and you don't know what it's going to, and when it's going to end, you really have to take a hard look at what's going on and ask yourself, what is, you know, or, you know, going back to the power of half-assed efforts, even like, what can, like, I don't have, a whole lot of spoons to work with, with all this bullshit falling down around me. But like what half-assed effort can I make that will at least get that snowball rolling down the hill to at least get things going in the right direction. Just make that small effort every day. Like, and you're going to find that like soon enough, like a lot, a lot can happen within six months to a year. And if you just mm -hmm. make that half-assed effort every day, then you're going to find six months to a year that, that tower moment will likely have been the, the biggest point of gratitude in your life for helping set you in the right path to where you need to be. Absolutely. I like it. That was the last listener question. Right. Well, I have a couple oh, questions, if that's, right. a, if that's all right. So I guess kind of save these for last because, you know, when I was bugging people for questions, they were more... More along the lines of metaphysical stuff, because, you know, I guess people are used to me doing that, so when I say, hey, I need questions for the podcast, instead of being like, you know, like, okay, well, like the kind of questions we've got there, just like, okay, well, we know that you do the wizard stuff, so like, we're going to ask you wizard questions, so. So what I'm hearing is Jeff's about to get weird. <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily. This is, this isn't, this, this isn't, isn't even the tip of the iceberg as far as weird, like we want to go really into weird stuff, but. Now, the first question that I got was just for tips on how to memorize the tarot. So with this, I'd say the 
really the only the only uh, the only way to 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 learn it is to do it just mm-hmm. keep keep practicing yeah. i'd say um one thing that's helped me is there's actually what they call the the ritual planner that's ritual with a w w r i t and with this it's like you're doing daily tarot card pulls for yourself like for self reflection whatnot and if you're getting in the habit of doing that every day that'll help you learn but i would say the the biggest piece of advice that i can give for anybody that's trying to like learn oracle or tarot or whatnot is especially with the tarot it's like we get so stuck on what the cards are supposed to mean or the themes behind the card and you have to be able to to trust your intuition when it comes to these kind of cards like there's going to be times in which like i've done readings where it's just everything that the person is saying is just like red flag red flag red flag red flag and then they're like how is this relationship going to go? And the card you pull is like the two of cups. Like, and so the cards themselves are saying, oh no, this is awesome. This is magical. But everything about your intuition is saying, no, this is a train wreck. This is, this is more than a train wreck. This is like a meteor hit a plane and the plane hit the train. And this is why the train (laughs) is crashing kind of train wreck. So you have to learn to go with that. But uh, other than that, um, just other tips as far as memorizing the tarot is everybody usually starts with the major arcana. Um, there's a literary trope. It's called the hero's journey. You'll learn how that plays out. That helps you memorize the major arcana. Like it's like Star Wars, Lord of the Rings. They all follow these same literary tropes. You start off with, you know, Frodo Baggins or Luke Skywalker. That's card zero. That's the fool. You know, what's the next thing that happens in the story? Well, they meet. Card number one, the magician. That's, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi or or Gandalf. And then so on and so forth throughout the story until you finally get, you know, the, the end of the story, which is the world, which is the moment in which everything fits together. Now, from there, you're going to have the the pages, the, the knights, the kings and queens. Now, those are going to be more minor players in the story or like the secondary characters. They can be protagonists they can be antagonists one way or another um best way to memorize those is going to be memorizing um well first the different suits and the symbolism behind all of those so you have um pentacles or coins wands swords and cups so pentacles are going to be anytime you have pentacles it's going to be the slowest moving that represents the element of earth and this is going to be representing things like health, material issues, and and just very practical matters. Um, swords, they're going to be quick. This is, and anytime that swords come along, it's going to be a very definitive. It's it's going to be like a hard yes or no. And this represents the element of air and the realm of intellect. Then you have the wands, which is represented by the element of fire. This is going to be the fastest moving. This is if you get wands, this is like you got to you, you got to move quick or you got to get out of the situation quick. Or if you're anticipating something, expect that it's going to happen rapidly. And wands represent our passion, our drive, our ambitions. And then the cups, the cups are not as slow moving as as earth, but usually it is a slower movement. And this is all has to do with the realm of emotions. And then with that, these minor characters, you have the page, which is somebody who just 
barely has a basic knowledge of the realm in which they're working in. Then you'll have the knight, which is somebody who's got enough to work off of, but they may be a little bit like overzealous in their approach. Like when you're meeting like a knight of any one of these four elements, like you gotta you gotta recognize them for who they are. They are not necessarily an expert. They are just somebody who is just very zealous about how they're approaching it. And then really the the big thing that people can get hung up on are the difference between the kings and the queens. Um it's really that passive ver you know passive passive or aggressive subtle or not so subtle um the queen's going to be like you know the the feminine energy that's going to be like a softer approach that may be more subtle that may be more subliminal whereas the king is going to be more of an aggressive energy that's in your face about it and then after that it's if you understand those elements then from there with the minor arcana it's understanding kind of the numerology like will help and in the different in because these are you know different plot plot devices that happen throughout the story so usually with that it's you know anytime you have a number one that's a new beginning like a number two that's like a crossroads that's where a decision has to be made a number three that's where there's that's where there's going to be a conflict like a number four that's usually a time of like a pause reset reflect like number four like number five, that's usually kind of another like hard decisions have to be made in the face of conflict. Six is usually like kind of a, a reconciliation of some sort, either moving on or or getting things to come back together. And then seven is usually like kind of an aha moment, um, whether that's good or bad. And then eight is kind of uh, eight is usually like another like either a state of this is another quick action has to be made. It's either, uh, um, you know, we, we're either going to be stuck or we have to move quickly. Nine is, you know, we're, we're, we're almost there. We're, we're, we're starting to see like the end of the story or the end of the lesson that's to be learned. And then finally, like once we hit 10, that's, that's going to be the conclusion uh, of the lesson that's going to be learned one way or another, good or bad. And then you take all of that, and then, like, if you pull the card upside down, then it just takes on the reverse meaning. So that's that's kind of in a nutshell. Like, if you really, like, if, if you were taking notes, like, you know, because there's going to be a quiz on this later. <laughs> but other, but otherwise, the, the only way to really learn it is just, is, is just to, to keep practicing it. You know, use a tool like, like a tarot journal or whatnot and pull for yourself every day. Yep, absolutely. So, and then the other other questions that I have real quick here. Um, let me pull my cards because I have somebody who wanted me to pull some cards for them real quick. Card pull. I love card pulls. And yes, to Jeff's point of, you know, remembering you got to trust your own intuition, right? Like sometimes you can't channel the energy of the card that's coming through. And like, that's okay. You don't have to take that. You know, it's just what resonates with you the most, what, you know, what light bulbs go off in your head and then learning to trust that and not, you know, again, it's just, it's just cardboard people. Okay. So the first question that I got is, am I going to win my court case? Question that I pulled in regards to that is an eight of swords. 
So I wish I could give better news in regards to this, but what the card's saying, like what my intuition is saying on this, is that we maybe don't have everything that we need going into this situation. And we may wind up with a decision that's going to make us feel like seriously stuck one way or another. I think however this is going to play out, you're, it's, it's not going to turn out the way that we're, we're wanting it to turn out one way or another. And with this, yeah, with that Eight of Swords, that, that's entirely representing being in a situation where you just feel trapped by the situation. So whatever the outcome is going to be, there's going to have to be some action that's going to be made on your end to have to reconcile whatever's going to happen here. Now, you can stay in that Eight of Swords energy. You can, you can like, wallow in whatever's going to happen here. Like, or, like, you can prepare for that. You know, you, you understand that things might not necessarily go your way here. So you can start preparing for, like, what, like, what are my alternatives here? Like, what can I, like, what can I do one way or another if things don't turn out right? How can I best heal from the situation and move forward if I don't get the result that I want? So, second question that I have is, am I going to find a job soon that's right for me? So, and the question, the card that I got for this is High Priestess Reversed. So, this is basically saying just entirely, like, um, you're not trusting your own intuition here. You're overthinking things. You're allowing allowing this situation to... to you're, you're basically being your own worst enemy here. You're, you're overthinking things. You're putting too much stress on the situation. And you're, you're standing in your own way as far as any potential opportunity that could come your way. The and same. they're done that. So saying like, don't, don't try to, don't, don't try to, to stress too much over the, over the situation as far as finding the right job right now. Yeah, and I think we've all been in a situation. Some, sometimes you have to take a bullshit job just to get the bills paid, just to get through until a better opportunity comes, until, until the right opportunity comes along. It's just a matter of, you got to sit down and ask yourself, like, what does the, what would the right opportunity look like? Mm -hmm. Making some money doing a shit job is better than making no money doing nothing. Yep. So, and, you know, some, yeah, we, you know, we, we've all been there. Some, some of us are still there. So, but with that, it's, have a have a clear understanding of what exactly it is that you would want in that ideal job and definitely like jump when the opportunity presents itself but in the meantime uh be prepared for ha having to having to to jump into some bullshit jobs until the right one comes along can i add to that by just also saying like i love that jeff of where you said you know write down what you want and detach yourself from a particular outcome as well because sometimes what we think is like the perfect job actually is fucking terrible <laughs> and the universe is protecting us from that and then we're getting like all upset and it's like trust me like if it's not that job it's something better is even on the way but yeah write write that shit down yep. manifest that shit it's fucking awesome i manifested a house that way it was great like I, I'm, I'm currently trying to to manifest the uh, Rivian R1S. <laughs> All right. It's only it's only yeah. ninety it's only ninety five thousand dollars, but I'll figure out a way to make it happen. Have you written it down? Um, no, I haven't, but I will get on that. All right, there we go. 
<laughs> yeah, so a third question that I've gotten, this is one that I don't think I need to pull a card for. They just asked, like, okay, is my, like, is my grandmother still around? Like, the answer to that is, like, yes. Like, when, you know, there's any time that somebody who is close to us passes away, there's, they're, they're always going to be with us one way or another. There's always going to be, like, those memories. And, you know, the, the love for that, that person had for us is never going to go away. Like, ener energy doesn't die. It, it can be transformed, but it doesn't die. And in, in particular, I'd say with somebody who's missing, like, a loved one, and wondering, like, if they're still around. So there's, there's some dangerous paths that I would, I would steer clear from. I'd, I'd be, be wary of anybody that is going to charge you money to, like, channel your lost loved one or anything like that. You can definitely get taken for a ride for things like that. But I would say if you don't have one already, usually, like, lost relative, like rel relatives that have passed on or people that were close to us that have passed on, if they have messages for us, more often than not, they're going to come to you in your dreams. And that's how they're going to communicate with you. So um, if you're wondering, like, do, does this person have a message for me or whatnot? Like, start keeping a dream journal. Mm -hmm. Like, note no when, be, you know, note when, and, and, you know, the, the thing with dreams is that usually, like, if you don't, if you don't write it down, like, as soon as you wake up, it's going to be gone within a few minutes. So make sure that you've got that, like, right there by your bed. So, like, when you have these dreams... Like you can you can get up instantly, like write down what happened so that you won't forget it. But like, yes, your grandmother is still there. Like they still care about you, they still love you. And if you want to know like what message it is that they have for you, start really paying attention to your dreams and, and the interactions that you have with that person in your dreams. Yeah, and, and all kinds of signs, I think, you know, can be shown. I mean, shoot. You were talking about your friend that passed away, and that was when Poppy started, like, meowing, popping off. Right, right. You know, <laughs> just, like, out of nowhere. I think that spirits definitely communicate with us. They do it through electricity. They do it through synchronicities. There's all animals. Animals are great because, you know, they're, they can channel all kinds of shit. <laughs> you just have to pay attention. <laughs> the, yeah, you, you have to pay attention ever, to the signs. If you keep your blinders on, you're not going to yeah. see it. Pay attention to the signs. But it's really cool. My experience is Card pulls, too. My experience is, is that if they're not being settled, then you might have the problem, and that's where you call myself and my fiancé to come in and fix it for you. <laughs> <laughs> is that the end of your questions, Vessa? So, and that would be the end of the questions that All I got. Right, we did it! <laughs> Season one! Uh, some of us wrote down a few questions. Uh, should we pick one of my questions, one of your questions, sure. and please do come up with one? Okay. Uh, I got three on there. Why don't you pick uh, one of my three, Ariel? One of your three? Okay, let me pull it up. Um, do, do, do. Um, oh, I liked this one, actually. Did someone close to you or a therapist listen to any of your episodes and provide meaningful feedback? Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Um, I didn't have my therapist listen to it, but someone close to me did listen to it. And it was actually um, the guy who picked me and my friends up from the hospital that night that we were in the accident. Oh, you know? Yeah. 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 His name's G. Shout out G. He's fucking awesome. And, you know, he just, he reached out and was like, hey, I, I remember that night, you know, and 
I've had my own experiences, you know, and stuff and like just like so glad you're still here and, you know, keep keep up the good work and everything. And it was just it was a really sweet message, you know, and to know that someone who really like, you know, knew who I used to be, right? I mean, like it's to get messages I think from people who have watched me grow from that point, it just really, really sinks in even more. So thanks, G. How about you, Jethafar? You know, I say that I've gotten like a little bit of feedback um, from people that have listened. They're just saying that they, you know, appreciate us having the courage to come in and tell our stories and things like that. But, but otherwise, um, yeah, like I, I, I can't say that I've really gotten any further feedback other than just like been done good. <laughs> I think I can say about the same. I've, I've had a lot of people reach out and say that, you know, hearing us go through this has definitely encouraged them that they can get through their shit. Um, people from my past, I haven't really had any feedback from AJ. Um, I've had a few people reach out to me and say, wow, how did you make it through that? Mm-hmm. You know, my sister, my, my baby sister, she, uh, experienced life with my parents completely differently. Mm-hmm. And she had some similar interests. Similar instances with my father, and but with mom, it was completely different. And she's just like, "How did you ever make it through that? I didn't realize it was that bad. I didn't realize that you were going through all that. I didn't realize they made it sound like it was all you that it was all your fault, and it wasn't all my fault. It was their lack of knowledge parenting, which everybody suffers from. That mm-hmm. I'm not the perfect parent myself." My kids will test that. But uh, just the way my sister was telling me that, that she didn't realize how bad things were for me. Mm-hmm. I am going to pick one of Ariel's questions. Okay. What's the one thing I'd like others to remember about me at the end of my life? Uh, I will go first on that one. I would like people to remember how I made them feel. Yes. Words get fuzzy, memories get fuzzy, but remembering how somebody made you feel is pretty damn eternal. Jeff? Like I would like to be remembered as that guy that whoever he met, he brought some kind of magic into somebody's life. Like, be that character who, like, yeah, like the the magician card in the tarot, like the the Obi Wan Kenobi, the 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 Gandalf, the like, you know, if I show up in your life, means shit's gonna get get real. I'm gonna bring, <laughs> like, I'm gonna be bring some magic to your doorstep, and I'm and like I'm I'm gonna flip things flip things upside down and on their head, and and ho- hopefully, like, you know, make make people's life better in the process. AJ. You know, hope. Hope that you can make it through it. Hope because if I can do it, if I can make it through all the shit that I went through, if you guys went through all the shit you can make it through and you survived and you have a story to tell, then that's what I want people to remember me as, is hope. Because if I can do it, you can do it too. Don't give up. Keep moving forward. 
believe in yourself. Absolutely. I, this is actually from like one of my favorite songs. It's a lyric from one of my favorite songs called Bigger Than, but um, it's, you know, I want to be remembered for what I did, not what I had. So I really try to live by that of like, I want to be remembered for all of the great shit that I did for other people. You know, again, not like a self-serving life, like a, you know, helping inspire, change the world kind of life. Like that is what I want people to remember me as like, damn, that chick was not afraid <laughs> to speak up <laughs> about anything and just fearless. I can just see it now. Grandma Ariel was crazy and did roller derby <laughs> when she was 87. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I definitely want, you know, lots of, I don't have any children, but I have lots of nieces and nephews and I really want them to see me as an example of someone who didn't give up and somebody who just like completely transformed their life for the better. And it's just, I want to be that role model for my, especially my nieces. Cause I think that, you know, women, we need strong exam examples of strong women because we freaking rule the world. I had a friend of mine listen to my rise. Yeah. And she made a comment about you. Oh, she said, Ariel is straight from the hip speaker and funny, all combined. She has the humor going on in her forwardness. Oh my gosh, that makes me so happy. Tell her I said thank you. Oh. Jeff, do you have any questions you want to ask, buddy? You know, I I admit I didn't do my homework here. <laughs> it's okay. But but wanna wanna just like uh, I guess show a little you know, express some gratitude to to everybody here in in this room and because yeah, like like I said, I've I've been going through some shit myself lately, and and like sitting here like talking, you know, talking but with you guys and like answering other people's questions. There's you know some things that people are going through that I'm kind of like reflecting on myself, and so yeah, this is this has kind of helped me out and made me yeah the 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 gratitude thing I see is where I've been struggling, and I'm gonna get on that and start changing some shit. Yes. How about you, AJ? I thought about questions, and I can't think. I really can't think of one. Everything that everybody's been asking is the questions I would have thought about asking. I, I just I can't think of one at the moment. I'm sure I'll have another have one coming up tomorrow. But the second, <laughs> the second we hit stop record, I know. I know. <laughs> Well, AJ, it was, uh, like I said, pulling teeth to get you to come on the show, and you've been on for three episodes now. Yeah. Was it worth it? Yes, yes. And I still have issues talking. I'm not as articulate as most people are, but it's something that I want to do more of myself, and I want to learn how to do something like this so I can articulate myself a little bit better. Because the way Jeff can talk, holy crap, he can go on for hours. <laughs> but I, I enjoyed it. Thank you for inviting me, and I hope this next season I'm invited back. Jeff, do you want to pull a card for next season? Ooh. Okay. Um, let's see. What do I have? It's going to be the tower. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Actually, I have the fool. Ooh. Ooh. So this is all about like new beginnings and it's, you know, it's, it's the, 
you know, th this is the archetype. This is like, you know, like I was saying earlier, the, the fool is the first of the major arcana. This is, this is Frodo Baggins. This is Luke Skywalker. This is, this is that idiot that's just, you know, going about their life and they're, you know, un unaware that everything's about to get flipped upside down and on its head. So, you know, I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there, tell you <laughs> how we became uh, a group of people sitting in a room doing a podcast. Hey, Jeff, you're going to laugh at me, but I'm going to have to go home and watch Lord of the Rings. I have never watched Lord of the Rings. It's a long <laughs> movie, so you're <laughs> in for a treat. <laughs> Multiples. I mean, I think The Fool is really fitting for a season about relationships and dating and love, don't you? Um. Well, yeah. So is it uh, the season of The Fool next then? Yeah, it'll, it'll be the season of The Fool. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> we told y'all we weren't done yet. Right. Guys, uh, thank you each and every one of you for partaking in my weird-ass little experiment here. Thank you. Are you kidding me? This has been so much fun. Absolutely. I've, I've loved every minute of it. Yes, it took a while to get me on. But... <laughs> it took, like, no time for me. I promise. It's... No more injuries. I hope. That's I don't right. you. Bubble wrap away. <laughs> Guys, this is the end of season one. Uh, this is our 12th official episode. Wow. That's awesome. We did it. Yes. Woo. And if you are still listening, you've made it through two hours of this final episode. So thank you. Yes. <laughs> Buckle up. All right, guys. Uh, closing thoughts. Ariel, what do you got? Oh, God. Why'd you pick me first? Now I'm speechless for once. Um, you know what? I'm just so grateful. Grat gratitude. Go back to gratitude. Go write down everything you're grateful for. It will actually change your entire life. If you do it consistently. And that's the best way to attract more of what you want is to be grateful for what you already have. AJ? Thank you for listening to my story. Thank you for not judging me. Thank you for not putting me down. And just believe in who you are. If anything, I've helped you believe in is believing in yourself, believing in who you are. Because... You can fall, but you can get back up. You can keep moving forward. You can just do it. Thank you for listening to me and my rambling sometimes. <laughs> Jeff? Just, yeah, nothing changes if nothing changes. Like, and I love you all dearly. Now, get the <laughs> hell out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff and Celeste, thank you for letting us take over your house, uh, not only until 9.42 at night, but on a school night. It's almost it's <laughs> past my bedtime. It's past my bedtime, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, my bedtime's about 10, 10.30, maybe yeah. 11. Yep. So it's uh, Monday, what, the 15th, and we can officially call this a wrap. Woo! Yay. Yay. Remember, if you live the same shit, different day life, you'll have same shit, different day results, everybody. Right. One step at a time. Good night, everyone. Bye. Surprise. We're not done yet. Celeste has something she would like to say in regards to one of the questions Jeff was talking about. Here is Celeste. Hi. Okay. Yes. So I am a psychic medium. And as um, Jeff was pulling, um, well, sorry, was answering the questions regarding 
a grandma and wanting to know if they were around. Intuitively, this is the answer um, that I feel. I feel a very strong connection to music and I feel that when they reach out to you, it would actually be done through song. So pay attention to songs or something that might seem relevant. Um, and that's kind of what my thoughts on that are. There you go. All right, one more surprising answer. Thank you and good night, everybody. <laughs>